And we have arrived at the mid-season finale of How We Bounce Back. We'll be taking a few weeks off during the summer, and we will return in mid-August for the final few episodes of Season 2. But for tonight's mid-season finale, we have a well-respected marketing professional and brand strategist across travel, sports, music, and film. I'm going to have to take a deep breath as we run through this long list of accomplishments. He was formerly a director of global sponsorships and brand partnerships at Brand USA. He was instrumental in launching the National Parks Adventure, America's Musical Journey, and America's Wild in partnership with McGillivray Freeman and traveled to every continent, including Mars, to promote the film. He was a big part of the NFL UK and Go USA TV sponsorship for NFL games in London. He represented many brand partnerships and major events, including multiple Super Bowls, the People's Choice Award, the ESPYs, Rio 2016 Olympics, and many travel trade shows that we absolutely lost count. He's got his MBA at Georgetown University and the senior product manager for Amazon Alexa. He's got Aloe Black, Barack Obama, Chris Thompson, all on speed dial. But I think they got James Namudi <laughs> on speed dial too. He's none other than James Namudi. Wow. What's going on, man? Welcome I'm good, to the show. Man. <laughs> Thanks for coming the on. Intro, How's it received. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hit you like Michael Buffer right. real quick by the box of Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh man. No, thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited to be on your podcast. And, and like I talked about earlier, I'm super proud uh, of everything you've done since Brand USA, man. You've been a man with a plan, uh, shifting from accounting to taking over marketing and, and kind of what you've done. Uh, it's been an inspiration to, to say the least. Amazing. Like like the rundown, like your intro, like your accomplishments. We just striving to be like you. Appreciate, (laughs) bro. That means a lot. That means a lot. (laughs) Now I know we usually start the episode with light-hearted questions, but let's get straight into talking about you as a seasoned marketing professional. The folks tuning into this episode likely know you from your time in the travel industry. Can you share with the audience what you're currently doing right now? Yeah. So uh, I'm currently the senior product marketing manager on the Alexa marketing team. Um, I oversee uh, marketing for our smart audio glasses product, Echo Frames. Uh, Echo Frames are essentially uh, Alexa-enabled smart audio glasses that allow the user to take that magical Alexa experience that they know and love in the home uh, with them on the go, Uh, whether it's listening to personal audio entertainment, uh, staying productive, staying connected, um, it allows them to kind of take all those fun features with them in a stylish uh, form factor, as you can Ooh, tell by uh, okay, the okay. I got on right now. And dis- discount for people that used to work at Brand USA, free 99. So, you know, hit up Jay Namude <laughs> on Instagram right quick. <laughs> all um, right. Well, you know, prior to Amazon, you worked at Brand USA, and that's where we met. That's where most of us, you know, met you and all of the people that stakeholders that you worked with across the world, to be honest, to be quite frank. And so you had a unique role in brand strategy, activation, sponsorship. And like I said, literally in a new city every week representing the company. Can you describe to the audience what you did specifically during your time at Brand USA? I know I described yeah. it. Maybe um, people working outside of marketing might not know what it means. But can you describe what you specifically did during your time there? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, yeah, so I was at Brand USA for eight and a half years. So it's the majority of my post-college uh, career. Uh, I joined in, in March of 2012. Uh, when the organization was still still brand new, I, I think I was full time employee number fourteen uh, at the organization. What? So it was really early. Um, I was part of the team, kind of tasked with building and developing uh, the brand uh, from the ground up, including a positioning strategy, 
uh, our branding strategy, as well as managing some of our first uh, paid media and advertising campaigns uh, around the world. Um, it was a super exciting initiative for me, uh, knowing that the organization was founded by President Barack Obama uh, yes. with the mission of promoting uh, the United States as a travel destination um, around the world uh, to inspire international visitation and spend, which in turn was generating economic growth and, and creating jobs uh, in America. So it's a fantastic mission uh, for me to, to be a part of. Uh, yeah, so I was in my first role for about four years on the consumer marketing side uh, before I was promoted to uh, oversee a new vertical at the organization, which is around global sponsorships and, and brand partnerships. And essentially what those were, were initiatives uh, that would leverage some of our strongest value propositions as a travel destination uh, to inspire people. Uh, and it typically fell into two categories. Uh, the first is our diversity. So that's people, mm -hmm. places, experiences. Uh, things that the U.S. really has at scale that you don't find in, in many other places uh, around the world. Um, and then the other was uh, pop culture. Uh, so before uh, Brand USA or, or tourism boards, really, uh, most of the world kind of learned about and fell in love with the United States through what they saw in movies, music, sports, uh, television. Uh, so I worked to create platforms and programs that leveraged all the goodwill that we built up in some of those areas. Uh, to inspire people to want to have a piece of those experiences for themselves, uh, which is where some of the, the partnerships and, and initiatives that we did uh, around our Amex films, our GoUSA TV streaming platforms, mm -hmm. uh, some of the work we did with the NFL uh, around the U NFL UK and the International London Games, uh, kind of spreading kind of a little slice of America around the world uh, to inspire people to come over and have the real thing here uh, in the United States. Yeah. Wow. And you're you're a true ambassador of not only the company but the country. And like again, like like you were describing, our biggest export is like you know our media. It's like you know our pop culture. It's like you know what we what we have to offer from an entertainment standpoint, either in sports, film, music, especially right. Um, but uh, I think the the most important thing you said out of everything is the diversity that this country has to offer. Is not no we and like we know that this is obviously the land of opportunity for a lot of other uh, people that want to immigrate, immigrate to the United States, but others they they don't uh, that are in a more developed country. They don't realize also like sort of the experiences that the U.S. has to offer. You definitely have shown that through all the activation events that you've been through. I know you were in London, China. I think you've been to Australia too, India for sure. Yeah, sure. this is me trying to think about all the pictures on Instagram <laughs> right now. <laughs> but you know, you know, you know how it is, man. Like again, you're an ambassador for it. You you know the diversity of country is a really it's a, a gift and i think that uh of course has to get better and it's only going to get better and um once this oh my goodness once this covid pandemic ceases and is eradicated and once we get back to normal i definitely can see america as it always does uh rebound from especially from the tourism side you know um you know, and uh, just everyone can just celebrate and travel the world. You know, travel is a very, is a very, uh, how would I say it? Um, it's a very uh, big thing for someone in life to really discover and find peace and feel accomplishment. And it's like, like you say, if you find a peace and experience, you feel like you live that. It's kind of like, you know, checking off something off the bucket list. America has all of that. And, you know, like you said, like, feel like you're already doing that in your role but you're showing that it can be done for all the travelers out here so amazing you had amazing role at brand usa bro like yeah. you know it's it was a great experience I and mean, i feel very blessed to have found it uh to begin with um, like i said and be able to be 
um, at the organization very early and mm. seen how it's evolved over the years and, oh, and yeah. kind of grown organization and the impact it's had in people's lives across the country within the industry. Um, yeah, I think it was, it was, it was an amazing experience. It's it a really long way to go. Yeah, yeah. Agency certainly did grow. We had concur. We can get rid of them. <laughs> paper invoices. We got any bill now, right? You right? know, yeah. agency had definitely grown. We, we, we broke the wall down. We got the other side of the office. And then we made our office state-of-the-art glass meeting rooms. We came up from a law office. So yeah. We, we moving up in the world over there at Brand USA. That's, yeah, it's crazy, agency. man. You think about the early days. Yeah, you're the true yeah. startup. It's like one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, no, no one can ever forget the chips. All right, the chips. <laughs> no one can never take away our chips. All right. Who took the chips away? now? <laughs> <laughs> we got them back. Shout out to you, Chris Thompson. All right. <laughs> oh, oh man, that was some good times. Good times. Good times for sure. Um, but anyways, um, I do want to touch on, you know, aside from the amazing role you had there, was there any times you did feel adversity? Again, it was, like, it was a growing agency. There was a lot of stages of how it developed. And then, you know, personally, it was a, a lot of growth for you. So was yeah. there any times you felt adversity or maybe backed up against the wall? And uh, essentially with what the show is, like, how did you bounce back from that situation? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I, like I said earlier, when I when I joined the organization, it was a, a true startup. Um, the Travel Promotion Act had created us as an organization, and um, we were trying to figure out ways to, to continue to scale. Um, and, and part of being a startup of this kind uh, is that you're never getting a lot of uncharted borders and um, dealing with challenges that you may not even know exist until they, until they arise. Uh, so I think the big challenge is how do we grow uh, the organization and continue to scale uh, and really achieve our mandate. Because I think leading up to our creation, a lot of people had spent a lot of time uh, trying to create an organization like ours to to really uh, represent the country and the travel industry as a whole. Uh, so there was a lot riding uh, on our success uh, over the years. Um, and I think we were able to, to do that and uh, really scale and, and turn the company into uh, one of the best destination marketing organizations um, in the world. Uh, so I think in, in terms of how you handle the adversity, um, you just got to handle issues as they come. You got to know you can't control the future. Um, and as each one comes up, you need to uh, figure out uh, how to be solution oriented. It, it was one of those things where, like I said, I was full-time employee number 14. Uh, and then we grew to maybe an organization of 100 people. Uh, so it's literally all hands on deck. So everything from taking the trash out to the highest yeah. level strategy uh, that, that you can think of. Uh, so we're able to meet some of those challenges and, and, and really uh, survive and thrive uh, over the years. Uh, in terms of the biggest challenge I've seen to date, I mean, it's one that we've all been dealing with for the last year. Uh, last March, uh, when everything exploded around COVID, um, the travel industry essentially came to uh, a screeching halt and, and all our, our, our lives are impacted in a way that uh, none of us ever anticipated uh, would happen. Um, a lot of people lost their, their jobs within the travel industry. Uh, a lot of uh, organizations that, that depend uh, on the industry for survival were going through some, some tough times. Um, but the organization was able to persevere. Um, I think we were able to, to pivot quickly and focus on what we, we could do in the moment, right? First and foremost, we, we need to make sure that we're keeping the industry or we kept the industry informed of everything that was happening. Uh, because above all, safety was number one, uh, making sure that people are safe and aware of what was happening. 
Uh, and then building a plan for for recovery because uh, at some point uh, things will improve and, and travel will open up. Uh, so doing what we can uh, at the time to build a plan and strategy to be able to lead uh, that charge uh, was important. Um, and I think at the time when I left the organization, a lot of that work is being done. Uh, and a lot of preparations are being put in place. Um, so rather than just sitting back and watching uh, what was happening, uh, taking an active role and um, finding ways to build a plan for the now as well as for, for the later. To the beginning of your response, there's really no blueprint of a travel a marketing destination created for the United States. You know, the government funds or ESSA funds from the fees collected, right, um, from travelers, you know, and then what are we going to do with the money? And then obviously we have the the political uh, divisiveness at the time of like, oh, is this worth worth the while? And mm -hmm. so you're probably thrown into a situation <laughs> like, uh, well, there's no no one else that's done this before, so we're just <laughs> working with what we got, right? You know, obviously that brand USA office was like a law office that was like purchased half the side of the the floor, and like, you know, you're kind of just given you you have a bunch of uh, folks that are um, experienced on the the travel marketing side. And then I know you're uh, coming from the, uh, you know, the branding side, um, I believe with BET prior to brand USA. Um, but you're over here just like, okay, well, let's, let's work with what we got. And so you guys were very reactive to all of the, the, and like, you know, we tend to be proactive, but in these situations, like how can you be proactive? <laughs> like there's no yeah. former blueprint to this. So we got to just yeah. be reactive and like take it all in stride and not, uh, not harp on like any of the mistakes, learn from them. And I feel like that's what we continue to do every time. I was definitely in there in some of those, those oh, yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. So. No, like you said, there was, there was no playbook, right? We were a public private partnership uh, around travel with a business model that was unique within DC, uh, right. within the country. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of test and learning um, and, and, and kind of growing that happened in those early days. And um, it was great to kind of see uh, the organization evolved from that startup to to what it is today. Uh, right. I'm actually excited of, of where it has to go in the future. I think the opportunity coming out of COVID, um, brand new has an opportunity to play a, a central role uh, in the recovery of the economy. Yeah, and the return, yeah. and the return of some of those jobs. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, like brand new say working through all of the growth stages, um, you know, figure things out. It kind of preps all of the leadership there for what's been happening in the last year, like you said, you know, it's like, obviously like no one's ever seen the pandemic really in our lifetimes, you know, since like what the Spanish flu, like over a hundred years ago. And mm -hmm. so, but, but in terms of like, um, brand USA's shield and armor being ready to be reactive to all of these changes, like never before, you know, um, I'm sure that, like you said, um, the the whole agency that we still have folks that work there that we know and love are ready for this recovery and to literally bounce back. Sorry, I had to add that in there. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James, let's dial down some of the career questions, but uh, I definitely want to ask you about sports. You know, we're, we're okay. sports guys. Definitely the talk of the town when we're all talking at uh, at work. You know, in between meetings <laughs> with the Con the Contes of the world, the Aaron's of the world, the the Brooks of the world, you know, even the Giselles of the world, all talking about <laughs> sports, right? So, you know, you're a DC resident, spent all young adulthood in the nation's capital. I want to ask you, you've been through so many crazy sports moments in DC, your time in DC. What's your favorite sports moment 
in DC of the last 10 years? Probably, I'll probably have uh, two of them. So Go it ahead. was uh, the World Series and the Stanley Cup. Um, oh, we have a, we have a of, <laughs> when we hang banners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. We, we, have a lot of, we have won a lot of championships in, in my yeah. time in DC. So those yeah. two definitely got to be the, the top. Uh, I think we've been a, a sports town that's been hungry for uh, a championship. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of the Washington Wizards. is my favorite kind of local uh, local sports team. Um, haven't won any NBA titles. Uh, we've had good teams <laughs> over the years, but we haven't uh, hung any banners since I've. It's I'm, hard when the All Stars all go on the same team over there in the Bay Area. But exactly, you know, yeah. we had some hope a few years ago that KD was going to come home, but uh, oh, didn't hey, fall. This guy, <laughs> KD. Uh, <laughs> Born and bred in D.C., and this right. is what he does to us. <laughs> Part of the KD, the D.C. fan club. That never, that never. <laughs> I, was, I definitely was looking at the shirts to buy at some point. Hashtag KD exactly. to D.C. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah. it didn't come to fruition. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Stanley Cup and uh, the World Series. Uh, I was actually able to go to one of the World Series games. So it's kind of one of my uh, bucket list uh, items that I wanted to check out. And, I didn't have to hop in a flight to go to go to one, so it's good every time it's your home team and and you get to see them uh, in person. Um, so I think those are probably my two favorite moments. Um, the city just came alive during both those times. I mean, the atmosphere, the excitement. Um, it, it's something that uh, a lot of cities like New York or uh, uh, even Miami during the LeBron years or San Francisco during the Warriors. Uh, LA has had a run lately. Uh, they win titles more periodically, uh, but DC, uh, the only title before all of this uh, that I can remember was uh, the 2002, uh, 2002, the Turks, when they won the NCAA tournament with Juan Dixon and uh, and the crew. Uh, that was my previous uh, favorite sports moment in the DC area. Okay, so. Juan Dixon. All right, former wizard. Well, we might, might want to add yep. that. Yeah. yeah, Juan Dixon, <laughs> Steve Blake, got a shot of my too. Uh, okay, that was the squad. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Hey, well, first of all, like, you know, all of those sports moments, like, what was that? 2018 with the, with the caps and then 2019 with the Nats. That's back-to-back years right there. Yeah. You know, I was telling people we're title town now. We were yeah, like, title town. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget the, the Washington Mystics. WNBA oh, okay. Team. So we, we win titles now. It's up to the Wizards. Oh, yeah, yeah. With football, we just lose our own mascot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, but, no, I, do, I just I remember another sports moment. Uh, I believe uh, this was 2012, whenever they had the NBA lockout year, when the league was shut down and all the, the oh, pro yeah. players were uh, – playing uh, summer league games. So over in, in Trinity University in Northeast, uh, they had the D.C. Uh, Goodman League, which uh, is kind of the three-ball league here uh, in D.C., uh, played a game versus the L.A., the Drew League. So we had, like, on the D.C. squad, we had, like, K.D., John Wall, like, DeMarcus Cousins. I had no idea uh, this happened. Wow. We went up against L.A. with, like, James Harden and, like, yeah. uh, like, a full squad of, like, NBA All-Stars, essentially. Nick Young, like, a... Yeah. And they were playing in what was basically a high school gym. Like this were yeah, like, yeah, I know about the Drew League out here. Yeah, yeah, it's raw, raw basketball yeah. right here, and literally better than an All Star game sometimes. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, it like an All Star game in a in a DC gym in Northeast. Uh, yeah. so that, was a, that was a pretty good moment in sports, uh, locally at least. And I wasn't even there for any of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm envious of you, James Amuda. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Well, James, before we dive into the deeper questions, let's play a game of pitcher association. So I'm okay. going to put eight pictures of other people up on this screen. And in just okay. one short sentence, describe what each person means to you. And for those listening in via podcast, I'm also going to say these people's names out loud. Okay. Number one, we got Hova at the Grammys. No, I man, Jay-Z, man, he's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, not only in hip-hop, but in, in business in general, right? This guy started um, out as a, as a rapper and really turned himself uh, into a business, right? What's the line, right? It's not a businessman, I'm a businessman. Like, he's literally built an empire uh, yes, and has, been, has built the playbook and vision for up-and-coming artists uh, across all areas, right? You can really say that people within uh, hip-hop, but even sports, like the LeBron Jameses of the world or KDs of the world, they look up to a guy like Jay-Z uh, that has both a vision and a path for what is possible uh, yes. within all these, these, these sectors of culture. Yeah, absolute mogul for sure. I thought you were going to bring up the Watch the Throne tour, but maybe you got yeah, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one. I missed that one in DC. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I've been waiting for Watch the Throne 2, but that never came. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at it, it, some point soon, man, when he yeah. when they, he makes reconciliation with some of the people out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to the next one. Your boss, Jeff Bezos <laughs> at Amazon. No, I mean, the guy's a, there's a, he's a visionary, right? He's, he's literally built a company from scratch into uh, one of the biggest organizations uh, of all time uh, and growing. All time, absolutely. Yeah. He's also the richest guy in the world, too. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Even even with a even with a settlement, you know. With yeah, his, exactly. uh, yeah, still richest. And then exactly. second richest is his ex-wife. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he knows what he's doing for sure. Yeah. A leader in politics, Stacey Abrams. Oh, what do I say about her? Uh, she's uh, she's an icon. Like she's, uh, we talk about playbooks. Um, she's built a playbook that could shape the future of politics in, in the United States, uh, around the country. Uh, what she pulled off in in Georgia is is the reason why we are where we are today. Uh, she won that election uh, for for the Democrats and for Joe Biden, uh, and it's gonna have ramifications down the line. I feel like she's gonna replicate it in other places or around the country, and people are gonna take that playbook and run with it. Absolutely. Uh, so she's definitely uh, an icon and, and someone I feel like uh, deserves more credit than she gets a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, uh, I'm a, hopefully she continues to get more engaged in, in politics. And uh, who knows, down the line, we may see her at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue uh, in the White House. Yeah, yeah. She should absolutely not stop. Yeah. And uh, definitely uncovered a lot of the voter suppressed areas. And so, I, yeah. I she's, agree. A longer future ahead for sure for sure mm -hmm. one of the greatest of all time the king the king the king lebron james <laughs> so lebron james man like you said he is the second best nba player <laughs> <laughs> hey he be Look watching great. too much too much last dance over there on Netflix <laughs> last year <laughs> it's the greatest we've seen since since Michael Jordan, um, best player in the world, at least of our of our generation since, since MJ left. Uh, but he's also 
as amazing off the court as he is on the court. Uh, the stuff that he's done in the community, uh, not only in his hometown of Akron and the state of Ohio, uh, but around the country in regards to social justice issues. And, um, yeah. He's taken a lot of stances on a lot of issues uh, where in the past uh, people in the limelight uh, have hesitated to, to put their voice in, in some of those areas. Uh, and I think he, he, has, he has done that. Uh, oftentimes I feel like he, he gets criticized for basketball focused things that uh, are just ridiculous sometimes, right? Like sometimes people just have a hard time appreciating greatness until it's not here anymore, right? Mm. They're gonna wait till he retired to be like, wow, we just witnessed one of the greatest athletes of all time Yeah. over the last, feels like 40 years, right? The guy's been playing basketball feels like as far as I can remember. Uh, so he's definitely one of the greatest, right? I, I put him in that same class with Jay-Z uh, in terms of what they're doing for um, not only their, their industry, but their community as well. Absolutely. Well said. Your friend, uh, <laughs> Aloe Black. <laughs> Aloe, man, he's he's one of the most talented people in show business, right? I've yeah. spent a lot of time with him over, uh, over the last few years. And uh, this guy works hard, he grinds, and he, he is talented. Um, we, we talked about kind of uh, careers and uh, kind of pursuing your goals. I mean, uh, this guy was a management consultant not too long ago, like before uh, he lost his job and, and uh, decided to uh, jump into this music thing uh, with both feet full time and, and has really built uh, a, a great career for himself uh, in the industry. Uh, the song he did with Avicii is one of the most iconic songs uh, that we've had uh, in the last 20 years. Um, and the guy's just a genuine nice guy, man. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy to hang out with. He's a family focused guy. Um, yeah, he's just an overall overall good dude. Um, if, if any anybody that's in brand partnerships or marketing in general i mean those are the type of artists that you like to partner with uh, and work with uh, that you feel really are engaged in the product and, and are authentic in, in the way they work well next time you guys have a night out to play cards i hope i get the invite i want to be my friend too <laughs> for sure, for sure. we'll do it in la <laughs> yeah our dearest friend, Blanca Romero. Blanca, one of my most favorite people in the world. Um, Blanca is, is amazing. Um, so my wife actually met Blanca before I did, before coming to Brand USA. I, I um, didn't know that, wow. Yeah, so my, my wife had an internship uh, at an advertising agency um, in the area called Arnold Worldwide. Um, they were part of the Hobbits group. Um, and she was working on the McDonald's account and Blanca was part of the agency team. Uh, and every day, uh, my wife would talk about Blanca, like Blanca did this, Blanca is so amazing. Uh, you have to meet Blanca. Uh, and we never got a chance to meet during the internship. There was one time when we came close, but I think I was running late without that meeting. And then by the time I got there, she already dropped her uh, Sierra off. Uh, so I remember coming in for my interview uh, uh, at Brand USA, and I'm sitting on the couches. Remember that old, how the old office was laid out? Um, yeah. I'm sitting yeah. on the couches, and then I see this woman at the desk staring at me, and she runs up to me, and she's like, are you James? And I'm looking at her, and I'm like, are you Blanca? But we had like a big moment, like at that time we finally got to meet each other. Oh, wow. She, yeah, she's literally like the, the nicest person in the world. I think everybody that meets her uh, would feel the same way. Absolutely. So, huge fan of her. 
dear friend, feels like our office mother, feels like someone yeah. we always look up to. And like, if, it, if we're having a bad day, we go to Blanca's office, we'll just be there in the corner, just to vent, and she'll be always listening. <laughs> yeah. And when no, she need you. when she needs us, we got her too. It's always like that's an unwritten rule. Like you go help Blanca right now. So hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. Your former mentor, um, Tom <laughs> Garzilli. <laughs> my God, Tom Garzilli. No, he was great. Um, my like I said, when I moved to uh, work on global sponsorships and brand partnerships, that was the vertical that he started and he built from the ground up. Um, it was the, the projects that we were working on was something that Brand USA hadn't done before um, and hadn't been done within the travel industry, period. Uh, when I first heard, like, we we're going to make an IMAX film, I'm like, IMAX film? Like, like you're talking like Batman or a Marvel type IMAX film? <laughs> it, was, it was insane. Uh, but he had a plan and a vision. And uh, that first film, National Parks and Adventure, uh, was probably the biggest project uh, I worked on at Brand USA. Uh, and that ended up being the highest grossing documentary film in the world uh, that year um, and really transformed um, our idea at Brand USA in terms of what is possible from a, from a marketing standpoint. Uh, so he was definitely a great uh, help and a great mentor um, in my role at Brand USA. And, uh, a relationship that I'll keep going uh, in my post brand USA career as well. Yeah. Definitely both innovated the way things were done. Yeah, like you said, from a marketing standpoint and really to lean the charge on what we didn't think can be possible to being the biggest thing over there is just absolutely yeah. something that all of us, uh, me as a former employee over there, all admire from, on the company and that you two led. So it's amazing stuff. Um, and then lastly, your wife, Ciara. <laughs> yes. Uh, all that stuff that you were listing out at the beginning, it's more her than me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. We've been rock through everything. We've been together uh, since 2006, uh, which is pretty crazy. We're 2022, like, we're coming up in 16 years. So. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, no, she's like I said, she's been my rock. Uh, she's the love of my life. Uh, we've been through everything through college together, uh, post college together. Uh, we spent a lot more time together the last year post COVID as we've been quarantined. Uh, so she's dealt with uh, my craziness and uh, uh, all the travel schedules over the years and, and so forth. Um, so, like I said, uh, she deserves credit for most of the achievements that you listed out prior. Uh, <laughs> uh, if it wasn't for her. All right, James, let's get back into the career-related questions. What does your overall career mean to you? Is it just a means of an income to have fun in your social life, or is it your passion, or is it both? Yeah, so that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I think it's it's a combination of both. Uh, on, on one hand, if you look at kind of how we spend uh, our daily lives, uh, at least 50% of our time is spent in the office, um, even, even post-COVID. Uh, working remotely at home, a, a good amount of my day is, is spent working. Um, I mean, personally, if, if that much of my life is going to be dedicated to something, uh, it it needs to be something that I'm passionate about and, and believe in, and, and, and I feel it's fulfilling. Um, so I think it's it's definitely uh, a priority that somebody is passionate about it, um, and kind of the roles that I've had 
uh, both at Brand USA and at Amazon, I've been lucky enough to hold roles that kind of uh, fit within that that category. Yeah. Um, but the other side of the coin is is also is also true. Uh, right? Work uh, is only a part of our lives. Uh, it, it is a, a means to an income, also to allow us to invest in other areas of our life, whether it's uh, building the life that we want for our family. Uh, or, or hanging out with uh, friends and family, whether it's going out, dining, traveling, uh, really creating those moments that are priceless. Uh, yeah. That really you can't you can't replace. Um, and then the other side of it too is it also allows you to invest in other areas of, of passion beyond beyond work. Uh, to me personally, I, I want to be able to give back to my community and, and help those that are less fortunate. And, and having an income through work allowed me to be able to, to do that uh, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more. Um, so I definitely think it's it's a combination of, of both of those. I definitely love how you mentioned, like, you know, definitely want to lose sight of the moments with family. You know, even though we're, um, especially in a society like America, where it's so driven to work, 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 you know, and like, you know, focus on your career, focus on dreams and goals. Never want to lose sight and cherish those moments with, definitely want to cherish those moments with family you know, especially because we need an income to go do the things that we want to do, the fun mm-hmm. times with our family, because we'll never get them back. We'll never mm-hmm. get them back. Right. And so, yeah. you know, what 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 is it to like celebrate a career when there's no, you know, no one else around you that you're close with, with fr- friends and family? You definitely want uh, all of us to be a part of this journey together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also what you mentioned from the philanthropic side and giving back to the community, it's ever uh, more so pressing, especially with, with everything that's going on from a social justice standpoint and also with COVID and unemployment and a lot of communities just struggling. Uh, there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done and it always needs to be a lot of work done. But um, the time is now. And I feel like, you know, especially you being lo- so local in D.C. for such a long time, you know which communities that, to really uh, have a positive impact on. And I think, you know, definitely don't want to uh, unveil anything in your mind that you have ideas on what you want to do. I'm sure you will present it to us when the time comes right. But uh, glad that you have that in mind to look out for other people as well uh, around, around your home. Yeah, especially me. I mean, like, uh, like I said, I'm a first generation American. Right? I was born in Kampala, Uganda, um, and I've, I've seen my, my parents were basically born in a village in rural Uganda, and kind of how far they've come, and kind of how people back home are affected uh, by things like COVID. Uh, like in the U.S., we have certain resources like stimulus checks and and uh, another kind of people investing. Yep. And a lot of places around the world they don't have those type of resources. So, yes, uh, when stuff shuts down, uh, a lot of times people are, are left. Uh, uh, on their own yeah um, so i think it'll be important being able to uh do do what i can and kind of what we can to be able to help some of those communities um kind of rebound and, and recover uh, in the long Absolutely. term um my next question to you james what impact do you think your career has and maybe ties with some of the response in your last question or your last answer is what impact do you think your career has on helping other people where do you see this going 10 years from now so on the brand USA side, obviously we talked about uh, kind of what we were doing and kind of what the mission was and, and the impact uh, that it was having on the economy and, and, and creating jobs. Um, that was very important to me in, in that role um, to see that what we're doing was actually moving the needle and, and having impact in, in that area. Um, at Amazon, uh, one of the reasons I, I chose to come to Amazon was to be able to work on projects and, and initiatives uh, 
that were really transforming uh, the way society interacts with technology for for the better. Um, I think technology can be a very impactful force uh, when used for for good. Uh, and when you talk about Alexa specifically, I think everybody's aware of uh, kind of Alexa as an AI assistant is one of the the biggest uh, ones in the world and, and all the great things that you're able to do uh, with Alexa in the home and on the go, like we talked about earlier, whether it's entertainment, smart home, productivity, uh, and so forth. Uh, an area that people may not be as aware of is some of the, the work that's being done uh, around accessibility uh, and how do you uh, level or equal the playing field in terms of giving um, equality of experience uh, regardless of ability uh, or regardless of uh, any physical characteristics uh, or impairments that a person may have. Um, an example of some of the great work that we are doing around accessibility, uh, which is helping people um, that may have a disability be more connected. Um, a great feature that came out recently is on our, our Echo show. Uh, we have a show and tell feature that allows um, somebody that's blind to be able to hold uh, uh, a canned good or a, a box good in front of the camera, uh, and it will tell them what they're holding in their hand audibly. Um, so it allows a blind person that may have a passion for cooking and, and food preparation uh, to be able to and still enjoy that experience and, and still be independent of, of needing somebody there to essentially help them uh, to, to do that. Um, there's another feature uh, that, that uh, is called Alexa Care. I think a lot of us have had to deal with it over the last year, uh, where you may be living uh, remotely away from a loved one that's older, uh, whether it's a parent or, or a grandparent uh, that you care about. Uh, Alexa, I think it's called Alexa Guard, allows you to stay connected to those people remotely. Uh, so essentially, you can check in on them and make sure that they're okay um, if they need help. Uh, they can leverage Alexa to either call you for help or call emergency services to come and help. Um, you can even use it to track uh, behavior in the home. Like if you know your your grandmother comes down at X o'clock every evening or every morning, uh, if she hasn't showed up on any given day, uh, you can have a setting in there that sends a notification to you that says, Grandma hasn't come downstairs. I should check in with her and make sure she's okay. Um, so there are many features that like that. I, I think a lot of times people think about all the fun features that uh, Alexa can do from entertainment and, and, and uh, productivity, but there are amazing features like that that are actually having uh, a major impact uh, in people's lives on a daily basis and uh, allowing it to, to, to level the playing field, for lack of a better word, allowing people to experience the world uh, in a better way um, and so forth. So I think that the technology is just scratching the surface of what it has the potential to become five, 10, 15 years from, from now. Uh, I think the opportunity to be a part of that and building that now, uh, I think is what kind of drove me to uh, Amazon and Alexa in general. Amazing, amazing. And yeah, being at the forefront of these emerging technologies at a big tech company like Amazon, I'm sure that there's also the competitors that are going for, you know, that that sort of uh, AI piece of it. But um, I like how you said the accessibility part, you know, especially the protection of family and to try to just make day to day life easier and helpful and to keep everyone safe. And so that's really cool. It's like, it's not always finding the cool gadget, but it's hot, like, how are we going to really help uh, us in our own personal life at home? 
You know, yeah. I think before you know it, I'm sure you're going to create the R2-D2 and have the hologram <laughs> come out and that'll be spearheaded by James the Moody's product team right there. So definitely keep, keep us uh, on the insight for when the hol- first hologram is accessible to everybody. <laughs> It'll be like the, like the Michael B. Jordan Super Bowl ad, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. The Michael B. Jordan Super Bowl ad. You know where it's getting at. <laughs> Moving on to my next question. Can you describe how you deal with the expectation of making your parents proud? We already talked about family, but how, you yeah. know, how do you deal with that expectation of making your parents proud with your line of work? What about also making yourself proud? How do you balance the two? Making my parents proud is, is, is I don't think it's a, it's a lot of pressure because I think as long as I'm happy and I'm, I'm doing uh, what I'm passionate about, uh, and just being a generally kind of good person, I think my parents will be proud. Um, they kind of built the playbook for us and created the path and, and kind of raised us in, in the right way. Uh, and I think they're confident in our ability to 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 go out in the world and and, and do those things. Um, I think most of the pressure I think comes from just myself. Um, like we talked about earlier, just seeing how far my my parents came. Um, like literally being being born in in a rural village in Africa with no electricity, uh, to my dad becoming one of the directors at the World Bank, and and my mom raising five kids uh, in a new land, uh, like uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, inspirational and it's uh, uh, it's like it's it, it's crazy. Like it's one of those things where um, I want to be able to take those blessings that I've been able to have. Uh, to be able to uh, have an impact and, and really continue continue that on and, and pay it for it down the line. Um, I think uh, uh, one of the things I like to say is like sometimes we're standing on the shoulders of giants and, and we need to make sure that we're uh, we're making it count and uh, really having an impact because we grew up with a lot of blessings um, that uh, they may not have had uh, the luxury to have growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really think their generation, uh, them, my aunts and uncles, um, have really set our, our generation of, of kids uh, up to be successful. Uh, and we need to kind of make sure that we uh, we carry the torch and, and try and have a similar impact uh, for our families and our communities and, and so forth. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of uh, my North Star in terms of kind of what I uh, try and do day to day life. Love it. And, you know, uh, different places, but both of our parents, those, the immigrant parents, they're built from a different DNA, you know, how hardworking, like, can you imagine, I said this in another podcast episode, but you imagine us going to another country and starting our own way of life. It's, I don't know, (laughs) like, I'll be intimidated and I'm sure you might as well. And yeah, so you spoke about your mom too and raising a family here. And that's probably why no matter what we do, as long as they see their kids, including yourself, myself, see a smile on our faces and that we're happy, they've already accomplished yeah. what they've wanted. And so, yeah. you know, again, the North Star, seeing the parents, what they've done, because they've gone to the moon to make it happen for their their kids and uh, their future grandkids and whatnot. And so, you know, how can we replicate that and match that? You know, sometimes it's like, let's balance our way of thinking. So, you yeah. know, maybe we don't know the answer to that yet. That's okay. But um, definitely love like uh, what that North Star is, who we always lean on, you know. Yeah. Well, I, you know, exactly. I'm always about the parents, so yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, uh, 
yeah, we, we make a big deal when we're moving from state to state. I, I can't imagine <laughs> with five kids and going to a new country, across an ocean. Like, <laughs> things are, yeah, it really puts it into perspective. Um, moving on to my next question. This is the last question, the set of deeper questions, but has social media affected you mentally when things are stressful at work? Or doesn't motivate you. You know, there's so much content on there. What What do you think that uh, does for you mentally? Yeah, uh, I mean, me personally, my experience with, with social media has been uh, it's been mostly positive. Um, it's been uh, a means for me to to stay connected uh, with the people I care about, uh, even if they may not be in my immediate uh, vicinity, uh, whether it's friends and family here in the United States or even abroad. Uh, back home in Uganda or Europe or, or some of those living in other places uh, around the world. Um, I also enjoy seeing other people out there thriving and, and doing well because it inspires me as well right? uh, to be on my same grind, to be able to uh, to, to do well. Um, so it's definitely been a positive impact in, in, my, in my life. Uh, but I've also seen the other side of the coin, kind of the, the dark side of social media and, and the negative impacts it, it has. Uh, on a kind of macro societal level, whether you're talking about uh, yeah. uh, oppressive regimes, oppressing their own people, or uh, utilizing misinformation to uh, to impact uh, kind of geopolitical situations around the world, yeah. uh, to even uh, the the crazy standard that they play, it places on young kids uh, growing up, mm-hmm. uh, like young boys and girls creating standards that are really unattainable. Uh, we didn't we didn't grow up with social media right like things like snapchat and TikTok and, and instagram like can you imagine going through middle school and, and elementary school with those things uh it really expands your bubble right you're not only dealing with uh the politics of childhood within your ecosystem of the cafeteria and, and, and oh my god it goes now <laughs> so, yep. uh, so i definitely see some of the the, the challenges and, and issues uh that it it uh that kids today have to go through uh, with social media, and it could be dangerous uh, at, at times. Uh, so I do th- think there are positives and negatives to it. Negatives to it. Uh, my personal experience has been positive, but I do recognize that they are uh, they're the negative side of it. Uh, so I think it's important that just society in general needs to. Uh, um, we need to to be able to uh, rally around the positive side of things and make sure that. Uh, we're holding a lot of these platforms and uh, and so forth accountable uh, to be able to do the right thing societally. Yeah, yeah. Be the responsibility of being on social media is not also the responsibility of just what you post, but also responsibility of being on it and how you take it in. I mean, not a lot of people can say I I can share this sentiment though that it does also feel motivating to see a friend also doing well and succeeding. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, wow. Like that kind of inspires me to go start a podcast or, you know, maybe yeah. do a marketing role. Like, Oh, they went to IPW. I'm trying to be in marketing <laughs> too. You know, <laughs> you know that sort of thing is like, I, it, it resonates. It, it's definitely contagious in a positive way, in a good way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's also the generational side of things too. It's like, that that Gen Z is too much on social media, you know, and they're yeah. consuming way too much, and they don't know what they want to do as a major in college yet, or they don't know where they want to go. And like, you know, and this is the examples that they're seeing, like, oh, a house in the hill hills, or you know, <laughs> or something like that. It's like, 
you know, all on pump the brakes really quick. Right. And it's okay to just, you know, do something, you know, from, you know, working at a a corporate job or just, you know, uh, doing something for the community or doing something local. Right. It doesn't have to always be like the pomp and circumstance. So I really, really like how you hit on all of it from, you know, personally for you, the macro standpoint, but I'm telling you, that misinformation part, that is a very complex thing that we're all still trying to, you know, solve. Yeah. Some of us know what's what's what, but also that could affect, you know, older generations to think that, you know, or even like our generation to think like, hey, this just happened. And like, maybe it was just a setup or a stage or, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, I watch Homeland. There's also Russian people like, you know, <laughs> set up like fake the events, you know, that will just, you know, instigate like a whole, you know, everyone to be mad. And so, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, technology is wild. Uh, I remember a few months back, uh, somebody sent me this TikTok um, of a guy that it's like a fake Tom Hanks account where the guy uses uh, like fake graphic technology uh, essentially to create uh, sort of like a, uh, like an on-screen effect where it looks like it's Tom Hanks talking, but it's not Tom Hanks. It's some guy that's basically using some facial technology to be able oh, to... Oh, and this is where the world ends right here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like imagine if... Like, it's like one yeah. of the things... Like, technology, uh, yeah, it's getting, uh, it's getting pretty crazy. Yeah, then, then before you know it, Kim Jong-un and B- Joe Biden are going to be in fake, you know, like videos. <laughs> someone recreating them saying stuff. Oh, all right. I'm not going to even go there. Like, gosh, <laughs> people are crazy in this world. So right. definitely we have to be responsible on what we consume on social media and definitely use our absolute best judgment. Use definitely uh, different sources make sure we check multiple sources to really validate what we're reading because again this world is a crazy place so. yeah and i think the good thing a part of our, our, our generation that's growing up uh, in the social media age and they're a bit familiar so i think part of it too is making sure that you talk to your kids and and kind of make sure that you uh you you stay engaged with it and make sure that uh they're not being negatively impact uh impacted about based on what they're seeing and the types of content they're being exposed to and, and so forth Moving on to our last question. If there's one big piece of advice overall you can share with the audience, <laughs> what would that be? You know this question was coming. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big question. Um, so I'll, I'll probably cheat a little bit on this one. I have uh, uh, multiple uh, multiple pieces of, of, of feedback. Um, the first being is mostly like don't let people uh, – like try and convince you not to to pursue your your dreams or, or your, your goals. And I think the, the list of people that will come up to you and say like that's not possible or uh, that's not uh, that can't be done uh, is long. Um, so I think as long as you believe uh, strongly enough in something and, and a vision, um, definitely do do pursue it. Um, I think once you once you do pursue it, I'll say uh, uh, back from my football days, right? It helps to start. Uh, start with the end of, with mind, uh, but then from there focus on the process. The process will get you will ultimately get you to to that end goal. Uh, yeah. Whether it's uh, using football analogy, whether it's winning the drill, uh, whether it's winning the day, winning the classroom, whatever it is, uh, focus on the process to get you there. Um, and don't forget to celebrate the small milestones because there'll always be a next step. There'll always be the next thing that you need to do. Uh, but like we talked about earlier, you need to take a moment to celebrate uh, kind of where you've been. 
to, to stop and smell the roses, for lack of a better word, right? Because it's easy to get lost in work and get lost in career and get lost in, in everything. But the, the most important thing are those uh, relationships and, and, and family and, and just living life uh, in, in general. Uh, that's something I've, I mean, I'm trying to work on, right? If you get so bogged down at work, uh, it's easy to kind of get lost. Yeah. Um, the other one is uh, never take anything for granted. Uh, I, I think we've all seen over the last year, uh, the world could change in an instant. Uh, so kind of just to, to tie to the earlier point, um, spend time with loved ones and, 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 and friends and, and family and so forth and, and really uh, create those moments that, like I said earlier, are priceless uh, and you'll never get those back. Um, so make sure to to uh, uh, to make time for, for those things because they're they're important. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, pay it forward. Uh, I think everybody always sees the the person at the end uh, doing what they love, but millions of people have played a role uh, uh, in in getting you there. Right. Uh, no one achieves success or achieves their goals by themselves. Uh, it's important to to remember that and and to pay it forward to. Uh, the next generation, whether it's uh, kids and, and young adults coming up, or it's other people in your uh, in your field or your industry that uh, want to get to a place where you are, uh, because at some point you were that person. So I, I think it's important to uh, to build that network and and uh, and help people uh, do the same. Um, so I think that's uh, those are my, my multiple layers. Uh, rather than one piece of advice, I try to throw a couple in there. Last question before we sign off, James. You've been to the Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, <laughs> Summer Olympics, like I said in the intro, the Sundance Film Festival. I got, I went through, I literally scrolled down your Instagram <laughs> and I was like, damn, I think I just went to all of these events in one scroll on the Instagram. Like this was, this was fun. Like going through James the Movie's Instagram was fun. But I want to ask you, out of all of those milestones, those big events, those, you know, those notable events, what is your absolute most favorite event of them all? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Sounds like there's a tie, <laughs> a tie between a couple of things. Like a couple Here's of a couple of them. A couple of them. So the, the last big trip I took before COVID was Super Bowl in Miami. Um, uh -huh. that was, like, I've been to Super Bowl in New York and Atlanta. Those are kind of coldish in the winter. Uh, Miami was like warm weather. Uh, I wasn't working. That was a vacation trip, so I had the whole, the whole time to kind of experience and explore with my wife. So we we definitely uh, uh, it turned up. <laughs> yeah. We had no idea that everything was going to come to a screeching halt. Uh, so we were able to to get that. Uh, and then uh, the Olympics was amazing. Uh, I, I grew up like my big sports were football, basketball, and track and field. Uh, and Usain Bolt is like, I feel like the Michael Jordan of track and field. Yeah. Uh, so being able to see him at, at the Olympics at the, at the hundred meter dash was definitely one of my, uh, one of my big bucket list, uh, items. Uh, and then, uh, Beyonce at Coachella was probably the, Ooh, the most insane, okay. uh, concert I've, I've, uh, been, been at. Uh, I say probably those are the top three, uh, but not by a lot, because I feel like all those experiences have been really, uh, really amazing. So it's, it's hard to really rank those type of things uh, against each other. Like I love traveling too, like trips to India and all those like were amazing experiences in itself. Um, so yeah, it's, it's tough to rank a lot of these against yeah. each other. 
No landmark music festival on the Washington yeah. Mall when Drake took over literally the Washington okay. Mall, man. He freaking raided it with all the degenerates, me and James <laughs> included. <laughs> so I, yo, yo, before before the Beyonce Coachella one, that Drake landmark music festival performance Woo! was the greatest of all time, man. Oh, like, yeah, electric. <laughs> Everyone was there for not the festival. They were there for one person only. <laughs> yo, I always remember the, remember the one guy in the crowd that looked just like Drake. It was like walking around the crowd and everybody's looking at him like, yo, is that Drake? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy, yeah. Yeah, that that set was, yeah, it's one of the best I've seen. Like yeah. I wish they did it every year. I don't know why they stopped. He was like a uh, one and done. Yeah. They, they they saw they saw all the ratchets by Abe Lincoln <laughs> on the Lincoln Memorial with all OVO from the six T-shirts and like oh we can't be having this in America right now so <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, somebody got to bring that back somebody has to yeah. run that one back post yeah <laughs> hey the energy it's the difference is that that festival the energy we were all there again for the same person so the energy of the crowd even Drake oh, yeah. would say I they I know they say every festival they go to is like this is the best crowd like literally for me and i'm sure you agree that was the most electric crowd everyone was hyped everyone had energy it wasn't when third day of coachella where everyone's tired <laughs> this was the first night right here and we were all had the energy yeah. through the roof yep yep and you remember was it like a week or two weeks prior then drake dropped back to back yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. He he, he released that song. He trying to go. He trying to make sure he was loud enough so people can hear in Philly over there. You know, <laughs> I know Obama heard it at the White House, but I'm yeah. sure Meek Mill heard it in Philly too. Man, we were oh. uh, voices were. Li- I literally lost my voice. <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, Stephanie's gonna be in the show in a couple weeks too, right? So yeah, she was there, so she remembers probably too. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. yeah. Lots of good times, man. Good times. All right, James. Well, I'm gonna put a closer here for you. Thanks again for coming on to the show. It's an honor to have you on. A man that's accomplished so much in your career, but still have many more mountains to climb over there at Amazon and many more avenues in life, and be an example for other marketing professionals pursuing something similar. We appreciate the time uh, you taking the time with us. Can't thank you enough, and we hope to have you back sometime again. Maybe a studio sesh down the road whenever you're back out here in LA. I know how we can get it popping and chop it up. But anyhow, thanks again, James, and best of luck as always. No, for sure. Thank you, man. Uh, and, and don't forget, that's early guests when you were a superstar on uh, national television with your own late night TV show, right? I'll be glad ah, to come back. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Stop, stop. <laughs> For sure. No, I really appreciate it. This is fantastic, man. This is the, what you're doing here is special. Uh, and definitely keep going. So I think the sky is the, the limit for you. All right, everyone. We'll be back in August 11th for our mid-season return episode featuring Kyle Jack, a do-it-all teacher from Woodbridge Senior High School. We will be on hiatus for several weeks to spend time with family this summer. If you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us with the five stars and leave us a review. A nice one, please. All right, everyone, stay safe, smiles up, big laughs, positive energy all around. Thank you all again for tuning in. He's James. I'm James, too. See you all in August. James Squared, out.